keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. What's up, guys? You're listening to cliffcentral.com. My name is um, Maps Mapunyani, and today I'll be the guest filling in, the celebrity guest filling in. I'm going to be having an interview uh, about, uh, well, about a few things, actually. We're going to be chatting to John Flismas, uh, the comedian that has pretty much uh, been one of the one of this generation's godfathers of comedy. <laughs> He's been in the game for 15 years, I think it is. Uh, 20, but just hang on. I'm just going to shoot this guy and then I'll be back in a second. <laughs> going to kill this other comedian. Um, and uh, yeah, we're also going to be chatting to uh, Marumo Tesani as well, who is a fragrance expert. Wow. Um, so we're going to be we're going to be chatting to him about the, 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 the different levels of fragrances and why it actually even matters to smell good and how wow. that whole process comes about. And we're so many fragrances in the world how do you even tell the difference and how is a female fragrance different to to a male fragrance and when are they unisex because there's so many different fragrances coming out in these special collections and why am i paying four thousand rand or three thousand rand or even for new thousand rand for (laughs) the unisex perfume for when you're not sure how you feel i actually want to go into that as well as i mentioned at the top of the show we have john flismas ladies and gentlemen in studio with us and for 20 years, uh, probably even just a little bit over 20 years. Just a little over. John has definitely walked the line between underground, alternative, and mainstream comedy. His particular brand of strange and hilarious has charmed local and international audiences alike. His absurd worldview has the rare ability to resonate across any audience. Uh, Corporate groups, spotty uh, students, and Mensa um, inductees all respond to his unique homegrown observations. I actually had the... Wow. (laughs) You read that with such feeling. Um. I actually had the, I actually had the pleasure of uh, watching. I've, I've, John, I've seen you perform so many times. Honestly, I think I've seen you perform about thirty times. If I, That's how I was old thinking I about am. it the other day, um, yeah, thirty on the dot. <laughs> and I, I saw you this weekend um, at the Lurie's. Uh, I must say, you just, you just never lose it. You just never no, lose it. No, it can happen. It can happen. Um, I think it can definitely happen. But um, the Lurie's is easy because those are advertising people. Yeah, so that's easy. Because, cause, you know, I mean, they're advertising people. They've got a Markham's account and they feel that that is style. <laughs> and uh, everything's ironic and everything's like they've got to be cynical and they've got yeah. to be jaded about everything. So all you have to do is not that or more than them at that. And then you win. So is that your favorite kind of gig to do? What, what is your kind of favorite setting? That is one of my favorites. People who read uh, are my favorite people. <laughs> um, if they read, we're going to get on. Yeah. If they're not going to read or they don't want to think, then we not, we, it's not going to go well. Because a lot of your comedy is thinking comedy. Well, I like people to leave having laughed, but also maybe thought of, thought about something. So, but, you but, know. but I think even, even aside from that, um, what's one of your great comedy skills listening to you at the Lurie's is that a lot of your, a lot of your comments are, are those of, of wit where you leave it hanging in the air and you either get it or you don't. So you've either read or you haven't read, meaning yes. you either have that knowledge or you don't and, yes. and you're either going to be laughing with everyone else or you're going to be asking people what the punchline is. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I don't like comedy that's just harmless and fluffy and ultimately stupid. Yeah. Um, it's like Oros. No one needs that. And like, you know, people say, yeah, oh, but it's popular. <laughs> yeah. But so is wrestling. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. So is Brazilian soaps. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You know? So I don't find I mean, popularity. It, it, and, and I think Oros is a good example because it's, uh, it's popular because it's addictive, but it really doesn't mean anything. Well, like heroin, you know, it's popular. <laughs> that doesn't make it good. You yeah. Know? So, I mean, 
I'm not. I, I just find that there's enough of that gentle, safe, stupid. I find it stupid. I think real humor comes from being the neighbor of horror. Like yeah. that's where real comedy is amazing. So, so I don't like comedy that's like sort of well off and comfortable. Yeah, I like uncomfortable. I like to sort of question people's own beliefs because if you don't, if you're questioning it quietly, and then I come and que- and then your belief crumbles. Yeah, that's not my fault. Speaking about uncomfortable, yes. Tell me about some easy. Sumizi, I'm very comfortable with Sumizi. I'm half Greek. Like, we invented homosexuality. So, so I'm completely fine with that. And uh, earlier this morning, we spoke. Um, I think we agreed to some kind of affair. I yeah. don't know. Um, I'm not sure. Um, um, but there's a very good point about this, right? So, we live in this liberal society where you mustn't be racist. Yes. But if you make a gay joke, everyone goes, Ooh. it's the same bigotry. Like, it's yes. the same thing. Like, I have a joke in the show about breastfeeding on the lady that was our domestic worker. And then people go, Ooh. Like, it's lactose, bro. It's the same stuff that comes out of everyone. Like, why is that, why is that even a, like a weirdness? So, so, so like, but, and I find that so strange. The shit we get, like, offended by. Yeah. Bic has written a stupid advert. Yeah. They make pens. <laughs> that was, that was pretty What do you think they're going to do? Do you know what I mean? Like, what were you looking to Bic to be bastions yeah. of civil rights? Like, come on, don't be stupid. Like, it's ridiculous. My favorite was when they had a rugby player endorsing them. Very, very big one. <laughs> Um, and uh, actually, on, on, on the horror of, of that comedy and people um, feeling otherwise about it and not wanting to just laugh at themselves and realize that it is comedy at the end yeah. of the day. And we are speaking about current affairs, but in a humorous way so that we can yes. enjoy it and not feel too touched about it. You had a lot of reactions about your Saturday comment regarding Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, yes, th- well, that you seemed know, a bit absurd, especially uh, considering for a lot of, uh, I think... For people to feel the way that they did, you know, it's not like they can just call up Caitlin and be like, Caitlin, so I'm so hurt at what John just said about you. I mean, you, yeah, well, it's not even, you know, like, I mean, you know, you can't spend your whole, like, new life. Everyone's welcome to be whatever they want. Like, I think it's wonderful. Yes. At the definitely. age of that guy, at the age he was to do the transformation yeah, and look great, right? Yeah. Like, there are not a lot of 65 year old chicks who look that good. Yeah. So I'm like, well done. And all of that. But then it's like, okay, dude, we've, okay, we've listened. We've seen Caitlin get born. We've done all this. Okay. Whoa now. Whoa. Easy on the publicity. Mm. Cause now my big thing is I do admire her. But then to become a bigger publicity um, junkie than the Kardashians, that's quite impressive. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to realize how I feel about that. I mean, not that it matters, but I think we should talk about it. I'm saying not that it matters how I feel about it, but I yeah. think we should talk about it in the sense that now it really is just become some massive publicity machine. It's like appalling. That is losing the point of why you've taken that massive brave leap. Yes. You know, and sure, you can maybe argue that you're trying to popularize it and normalize it. Yes. But... I feel like it's going about it the wrong way because you actually just monetizing it wholeheartedly totally, and um, playing on people's tears and emotions and guilt yeah. and um, I guess uncomfortabilities because they're not used to it. And then them saying, well, I'm going to maybe throw a bunch of money at this to show people that I'm fine with it, you know, whether it's a corporate or yeah. a TV station or something exactly. and inviting her to come and speak at the, um, the ESPYs, you know, those, those, those ESPN awards. And um, she's spoken everywhere now, everywhere, everywhere. It's the same thing. It's like we, if we celebrate these kids who burn expensive clothing, yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just because you yeah. didn't have something and now you have it. Now you're going to like do something stupid. We are not going to celebrate you burning that shirt. So why are we celebrating what should be normal being once again abnormal? Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. You shouldn't teach – you could teach children that transgender people are just like you and I. There's nothing wrong with it. It's absolutely fine. It's perfectly normal. But then we teach that it becomes another object yeah. of – 
of like limelight. Like we've just done the opposite. It's, yeah. it's pointless. John, before we get in, uh, before we get into everything that you're up to right now, yes. and and how you've maintained being in the game for so long and loving it, because I can see on stage that you generally just <laughs> love it. But also, I actually do. <laughs> but I think I think <laughs> if I try and put myself in your feet, why would you not love just being able to just take the piss out of people and make them all laugh the about themselves all the time and uh, just be yourself, really? Absolutely. But, um, I really want to talk about those moments where you've died on stage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which ones can you recall? Because if I think about um, a couple of years ago, I think it was actually three years ago, Jack Parrow was starting to you know, get going in the industry and he was this new Afrikaans hip-hop rapper. Everyone loved him and the Afrikaans community was like, yes, 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 we have someone out there doing it. And he got invited to some massive gig in Newcastle by Afrikaans <laughs> people and he performed as Jack Parrow and they slated him and hated yes. him for swearing and being alternative and all of that. Yeah. So you obviously, as we know, you can't please everyone no. and if you hire John Flismus then why are you complaining at the end of it? So, exactly. Yeah. So which which moments uh, have the, you died? Like there's different re- there's different reasons of dying. It never ends. It never ends. And so if you ever go on stage not feeling nervous, I think there's something wrong. Yeah. Because every time, like, Lurie's doesn't matter. Every time you go on, there's an element of risk. And there are different reasons for dying. One is that people can genuinely like disagree with what you're saying. Yes. I find those people are in the minority. So you'll have like one or two people in the audience who will get upset. Like basically, I don't care about them. I'm not there for everyone. It's not a committee. It's not a communal thing. I'm a polar bear. My job is solo. Like that's what I do. Yeah. I work alone. I'm not built to be in a team. So that's fine. Um, so when those things happen, generally the trick is – to make sure that you isolate that person and then you turn the crowd on them. Mm. And so they are <laughs> surrounded and like you really don't have to do much. Just let the audience sort it out. Yeah, That's generally the best way to do it. If someone's drunk and they're not listening to what you're saying, so that's a really difficult thing because then mm. that heckler won't even understand that they're losing yeah. and just keep going, in which case you need to have them removed and physically. They dig their own could, hole. Could, yeah, yeah, they're, not, they're just not helpful. And anywhere yeah. in the world, there's someone at a comedy gig who will remove someone Generally, they'll let the comedian have two or three goes to get rid of them, and if they don't, then then they'll get rid of them. The other way is if the whole audience turns on you, which which can happen. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think if that's ever. It's more like a technical. Like it's more like people are not listening, or or you, you've lost them. In other words, they don't hate what you're saying; they've just stopped listening. Mm. Like and they just talk, and that happen. That can happen at any time. Some distraction. Any time, but even you could just get off on the wrong. You could be crap. Started the wrong notes. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't like comedians who blame the audience. Like yes, oh, they yes. were a crap audience. No. You you were a crap comic yeah. um, on that day on that at that day, time. Yeah. So, so they just it, – it can happen and it has happened a lot. Um, so like the most recent one was at the venue in, um, in Morrow's Arch, right? Mm. And it was really funny because I was doing a – it's like a SAB journalism, sports journalist's dinner. And I had just been doing a one-man show and it was going really well. And I thought it was going to be a breeze. It's near my house. I'm just going to like pop out. I'll do the – a few minutes from the show and then it'll yeah. be done so I bumped into John Robbie who was waiting for the show and he said like <laughs> you're going to die here and I'm like no John come on I mean just hang on give me a minute like he's like no I know this bunch you're going to die here it's not a great venue for stand up it's true it's nuts like I got up and I died it was like it was just horrifying I was trying my best telling my story <laughs> with all my thing and I could hear ice and glasses as it melted clink 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 like it was just <laughs> it was terrible and then I died and then all you can really do is just just try and finish a little early, 
don't get angry with the audience, which some comics have been known to do. Just make sure you salvage a few claps. Salvage a few claps, die with grace, and just, <laughs> just re- alleviate the suffering <laughs> rather than let it linger. So that's what, what, what I did. So what's it like dying when you already into the full swing of your career though i mean oh, but it'll that, keep happening it'll keep happening. it will keep happening I, okay. I don't ever believe you get to a point where it won't happen yeah i think if you do then you're not then you've lost something important yeah because there's got to be an edge of like i'm only as good as the last show that mm. i'm i've done like last night man i was i was so busy producing the show and i was like damn it i've got to get on stage in 20 minutes yeah sat down with like, a focused laptop just put some bullets down made sure i had stuff because I just, I, I, you've, the older I get, the more I realize that that organization is actually quite good. Like I used to just trust that I would come up with stuff, but you owe it to the audience to have at least have a backup plan. Yeah. Like you can't have no plan. So like just recently when I went to Montreal, not this year, last year, hadn't been for nine years. I'm an older comic and like I, they were very nice to take me. Um, the Comedy Central guys, there are a lot of young comics who haven't been and I've been three times already. So I'd been building a bit of a vibe over there, you know, over three or four visits. And then I took a nine-year break and I went back. And I actually did like 12 or 11 clubs here mm. in the five days before I left just to polish that seven minutes, bullet point it and get it all ready so that I knew it was tight. Yeah. So where do you usually draw your, your inspiration from then to, to come up with a few um, gags and everything? You know, a lot of gay radio show um, guests, um, they're quite good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, uh, just the living. I think that's the best way to put it is just to be in the world and absorb. Yeah. Like, and then you'll be, it's weird. Like people say, Oh, you must have so much jokes about load shedding. Well, no, not really. Like the yeah, power yeah. goes on, the power goes off. Uh, you know, it's always the weird combinations that really are cool. So, so it's, it's from just living. I think when you live, comics are on, like have a special record function that goes on in the background. Like I don't know a lot of comics who are constantly like riffing. When you're just with your family at the mood, like I'm not, hey, check the popcorn. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I think my family would kill me and I'd be exhausted and shoot myself. So, so I just record and then suddenly things suddenly click into place. Like I just suddenly go, oh wow, I've never thought of that before. Like my thing is honesty. So it's telling the truth. What's been your favorite gig ever? My favorite gig ever was probably playing the Royal Albert Hall. Yes, I wanted to talk in about London. That. Yes. Just because it's such a famous place. Mm. That was amazing, and 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 the audience was was fantastic. South Africans um, mm. who were very excited to see us on the Royal Albert Hall stage. I think we got shocking reviews from the British press because <laughs> our material was all about race, which is which is interesting. I actually want to get into that. So being the material being all about race. Yes, where where are we? Um, as South Africans on that point and being able to laugh, laugh at that and how unique are Joe Burgers to that? Because, mm-hmm. um, I went to, I went to an event the other day where, um, Domiso Lindy was performing. Yes. And it was a room for, with about 70%, um, Joe Burgers and mm-hmm. 30% Cape Tonians. I knew, I'd say 10% of that. Domiso was hilarious. Um, he's, very, he's a great, great comic. Very, very, very great comic. Yeah. And, um, a lot of his jokes were race related, but that's mm-hmm. because we were comfortable with that now and we'll play on the odd thing. Um, and it's not a direct stab or anything. It's just how, how we know we are, you know? Yeah. Um, and the Joe Burgers absolutely loved it. All my Cape Tonian friends were like, yeah, he was, he was good, but why does everything have to be about race? And it feels like right. they're almost in the same situation as, um, I don't know, those, 
those countries, because you know you can almost separate Cape Town, mm-hmm. that haven't that still haven't been able to deal with it. And you can see when you go there, it's still not fully integrated. Yes. Um, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Where is integrated? Where is integrated? Where is it fully integrated? Yeah, I think I think that fully part is is a tricky part. But I I I feel like here in Joburg we're a lot more integrated than it is in Cape Town. I'll tell you why once again because when I go clubbing with my friends in in Joburg, yes. black friends. I actually um, a couple of months ago went to a club with Sivan Gessi. Oh like, yes, yes, I'm oh, aware. Of that. I'm aware of that young man. <laughs> so like everyone's partying together. Like that yes. doesn't happen back at. Um, yeah. you, you know, back in Cape Town, and, yeah. and we all know Stephen Guest is a white boy from Cape Town, mm. um, and um, it's it's it just he even was appalled by it. Well, sorry, not appalled by it. Was surprised he appalled by to it. be partying sorry, sorry. with black people? Surpri- is that what surprised we're about by it. Gezi? Wrong word. Surprised by it. Um, and um, I thought that was quite fascinating that a it's black guy from Cape Town um, is kind of surprised that we're all partying together and there isn't an issue and mm. there's no segregation. Yeah, I mean, I th- I, I'm I'm not a um, I'm not slating Cape Town or anything, you know. I'm just saying well, you should. I mean, yeah, the point <laughs> is, you are missing an opportunity. Um, I think Cape Town's got a slightly more um, surreal edge to it now. Um, yeah. I find if I watch too much Cape Town comedy, I get irritated. Yeah. Because um, silly, like I said, to you silly comedy, like like the the safe, fluffy stuff. Yes. It's it's not my favorite kind of comedy. I think there's some very clever ideas in Cape Town. You can see some very clever things. Now, I'm not paying to watch someone be intelligent and like stitch things together that are harmless. Yes. Like I want to see the raw nerves and and. I love comedy that's dangerous. Like it's, it's got to be provocative. I think comedy that touches nerves is yeah. much more important, right? And, and what I've discovered raising my daughter and, and being in South Africa and being honest as a 42 year old white male, and mm. um, we are not finished dealing with race in mm. South Africa. In fact, we're not finished dealing with race in the world. If I keep, if I see one more American cop shoot one more black person in America, like it's happening every day for yeah. some reason. Yeah. So, so the world's not finished with it. And I think the fact that we kind of pretend everything is just normal and it's not. And that's where my comedy is actually going to where I thought at one stage we shouldn't do what we shouldn't do is like hack stereotypes. Yes. I agree with that. Hundred percent. But what we shouldn't shy away from is delving into this concept of racism because I'm finally at the age of 42, fully aware of the fact that I have a racist living in my head. Mm. It was hardwired in there. Nobody expects me to kill that racist because that's what World Cups and releasing Mandela was supposed to do. However, I'll be a better South African if I live in disagreement with my inner racist and am aware of it and I acknowledge it. I think it irritates people that we don't acknowledge the crap that we're full of. Right, and and so we pretend it's not there, and then it comes out in weird ways. Yeah. If I look at my grandparents versus me versus my daughter, you can see that inner racist is dying off. It's going away. Mm. It's not an issue for my daughter. She doesn't see the world the way I do. I imagine her child will be even even easier, like going and yeah. and, and more free in in the world. But that's a time issue, and so I'm still busy with race. Like I'm I'm genuinely in that. Like I talk about it a lot. In fact. Yeah. I really want to thank Apartheid for all the opportunities because <laughs> that's the truth, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like that's honesty. I hear people say, I want to thank God. Like, why don't you be a real Christian? Tell the truth. Thank <laughs> Apartheid, white person, because it puts you way ahead of everyone else. Yeah. Like not everybody wants to hear that. But yeah. I've found that I'm actually re- circling back over race issues as I get old because I think we must be honest and 
it's true for me mm. and so therefore it's going to be funnier yeah i mean look i, I definitely don't want to um go into it too much but uh you know that's exactly what it is hopefully over the generations seeing it whittle whittle down mm. um and fade away but you know I, I went to a rugby game two years ago um in Middleburg. Are you a white guy as well? Middleburg. And, <laughs> Dude, have uh, <laughs> you mentioned Middleburg? What is wrong with you? Anyway, and, yes. And yeah, it seemed like it was, uh, was a nice town until I got to the rugby stadium and <sighs> there was a man with his, with his son, like a, you know, big, big guy. And he was wearing the, the son must have been three years old and he was wearing the oh. old South African flag. And then you yeah. think, like, there's, there's always going to be those outliers who are going to keep holding it all back. Yes. But, but, but let's not. So, so, so what I'm talking about is yes. let's, let's assume you're a progressive South African. <laughs> and when I say I have an inner racist, right? Yeah. Like, I have labeled that, that creature inside myself yes. and like ring fenced it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that everyone. No, of course. Sees that. Like, now that. No, he's Fucking just maniac, yeah. right? He's trying to make sure is, everyone sees it, it. To put that into a three-year-old child's mind, mm. that's just a crime. Like that's wrong. I mean, yeah. children teach us how to <laughs> how to treat the world. We yeah. we shouldn't really impose our way on them. Yeah. It's like cassettes trying to teach the internet how to run itself. It makes no sense. Don't tell me about the Nando's mass hysteria. Right. So there's a lot of negativity. Here, right? <laughs> I don't know if you've spotted it, but. But there's a lot of negativity, yeah. and and uh, so we we all have this belief that Parliament's dysfunctional, you know, and you can t- say whatever you like about that. And um, there's a lot of mismanagement, malgovernance. There's there are problems. So we thought a couple of years ago, what if Parliament was made up of comedians? Wouldn't yes. that be amazing? Yes. So that's what we've done. We've what, would, what would your cabinet position be? So I'm the Minister of Non-Communicative Diseases this year. <laughs> These are diseases that don't speak up, yes. and, and that's a problem. Yeah. So I'm here for the little disease. I'm here to look after the common cold, and um, the ones that still kill millions of people like good little soldiers every year but never get any publicity. I think Ebola's been a complete Kardashian, taking all the big publicity, all the big money, all the budgets are being spent on Ebola. AIDS has always been a bit of a biggie with, with coverage. But like little ones, you never malaria, it doesn't get really much coverage and it's it's a it's a proper full on that's a big one. Yeah. So I'm helping these little diseases at a grassroots level to kind of find their voice. And what are some of the other cabinet positions and who are the common um, Nekrobinovitz is the Minister of Shark Infested Waters. Um, um, so uh, shark infested water affairs um, Then we've got uh, Mark Lottring Who's the minister of uh, I think statues Is it Mark Tanning That's the spokesperson For those shark infested um, Water affairs uh, Mick Channing M- No no not Mick Is it Mick Channing uh, the surfer who was punched yes, a yes, shark. Yes, Channing. I think it's yes, Mick Channing. Yes, yes, yes. Um, he, yes, he punched a shark, so he'll have to answer to Minister Levitz. <laughs> and that's violence against sharks. Um, um, and then you've got, uh, uh Tumi Murake, who's the minister of, uh, Ben Tens and YOLO. Yeah. Um, um, which I think is quite important. So yeah. She'll be, she'll be defending the rights of young, attractive men who, um, have to sleep with older women for money. And then obviously send a hashtag about it. Yeah. Um, which is quite important. Um, we've got, uh, uh, of course, um, um, we've got, uh, what's his name? Tony uh, Rusty. Jay Rustin is not in the show this year. Okay. Um, um, but Lloyd Gawler is in. Um, I, I'm trying to remember his portfolio, but I'm, I'm struggling a bit. I can't. He's so taller. <laughs> People have height issues speak to him. Yeah. He has probably something to do with vertical limits. Yeah. And then... Um, Paul Pops. Paul Pops is the minister of gratuitous TV adverts. He's quite familiar with... He'll do an ad in the, in the, while he's sleeping. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, we've so, got, so, so who's going to give the concert for him or is it going to be his way? Well, we're not sure, you know. We, yeah. This is a very good point. I don't know. Um, and uh, we've got uh, uh, Chester Missing, who's the Shadow Minister of Puppets. 
So um, he's the shadow puppet minister. So, so that's quite important. Tong, we have a we have a. Uh, a, a, a texture or a WeChat text from Nathan and uh, he says lovely conversation Mups uh, question for Mr. Flismus John John wants to be right. called John why do you <laughs> think that most comedians suffer from depression in the long run um, they don't that's that's bullshit <laughs> like it's not real Nathan um, they don't you can't say most there's no clinical evidence <laughs> of that, where that came from. dentists or something have a higher rate and even that's an urban myth the, it's not true that all comedians have depression it's let me myth. rephrase that why do you think that a couple comedians I may have heard from in the media suffer from <laughs> depression in the long run. Just because Robin Williams killed himself, now all comedians are depressed. I don't, I don't buy it. I, th- I have a theory that people have a romantic idea that people who make other people laugh are sad inside because it's a nice little, you know, um, briarface juxtaposition philosophy image. But it's really not the case. Yeah. Um, possibly insecurity is a good driver for comics, but I don't. I, I don't. There is no study or evidence that comedians are more depressed group of people than anyone else when a high profile person kills himself yeah that's different robin williams had some like mental uh you know uh, ill health yes but that doesn't mean that that's a comedy related issue Mm. you know i think maybe some manic depressives can be brilliant at comedy yeah but like that doesn't mean you know pilots uh, get depressed and crash the whole plane so now are we saying all pilots are depressed because they take people up but they're really down yeah i mean i i don't know (laughs) i don't know know what it's not a it's not a real um not a real thing i I think career-wise it can be depressing because some of the older comics don't make provision for you know when you work on your uh, you freelance and you don't make provision for your own, you know, like retirement that can end in financial problems and that can cause upset. But I mean, I don't think clinically that there's a history of, you know, a majority of comedians being depressed. Sorry, Nathan, that's probably the most boring answer you've ever had, but it's very <laughs> thorough. Um, Nathan, I hope that helps you. Um, if you are a comedian and you're worried. If you're uh, depressed. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a quick break. It's already been half an hour into the show. Uh, we're halfway through the show. Uh, stay tuned on Cliff Central and we're going to play your track that I've been thinking about lately it's from the return of the king album that is uh Dumi Mulugwani's new album do me from the v and uh it's a pretty oh. awesome track i think you'll like it it's called broke people it's your special guest host on cliffcentral.com i am the future of south africa on my shoulders i carry the hopes and dreams of generations to come i'm eager to learn but even more eager to use my knowledge for good I know that it's not where I come from, but where I'm going to that really matters. At Sibanya Gold, we believe our youth is worth its weight in gold, which is why we are so committed to developing, nurturing, and grooming our young people into future leaders. Sibanya Gold, we are one. Flying Fish now has even more flavor. Wow! More flavor! Huh? What you doing? Even more flavor. All right. Introducing new chilled green apple. Chilled green apple. It's a beer with all the bitterness brewed out and green apple flavor brewed in. I see the flavor brewed in. Go on. Huh. Add some flavor. Don't mind if I do. Huh? Enjoy responsibly. Not for sale to persons under the age of 18. CliffCentral.com Cliff Central cameos on cliffcentral.com. John, um, I want to talk to you about the Savannah Comic Choice Awards. Right. I was there last weekend, um, and it was pretty awesome, actually. Oh, um, thanks, the man. actual the production, everything. I love those girls. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. they're amazing. They were amazing. Thanks, like, the fact that they thought of all those amazing streamlines into the next. Yeah, they um, are super top, cool. They were 
They were, they were really awesome. What I love about them is that they're super funny, they're super bright, but they have these incredible voices on top of all of that. Yeah. That makes them like superpowers. Actually, I actually think my, I have three highlights from this weekend. Thanks, um, John Flismas and Tony Kunderman, that old man. Oh my word, <laughs> I had a long conversation with Tony backstage. What an amazing what, human being. He was incredible, but he was also just, so fascinatingly funny as well Absolutely I thought he was going to take my job In fact I said <laughs> If you steal my gig I'm going to steal your walking stick yeah. um, um, He was amazing <laughs> He was uh, I'm glad you had that uh, highlight I had the same highlights in fact If I think about it um, You had um, yourself as a highlight? Well, no, the Luris was quite cool. It was, was I one of your highlights? That's amazing. Yeah, I was one of my highlights. What the hell? If I don't say it, who is it other than you? Um, um, so yeah, I'm, I love things. They're great. And we've worked with them on a couple of productions. And, yeah. And I, I really dig them. They're amazing. Um, and then, um, yeah, Tony was like an iconic human being. What did you think of the winners? It was a pretty cool, um, it was a pretty cool gig. Um, and, um, Intermediate went to Skulk Bazenhut. Uh, Skulk yeah. And, uh, the comic of the year went to Trevor Noah. Uh, Trevor Noah. Uh, um, the, and, um, I, I wanted to speak about that, that actual gag where, <laughs> where Dumi Maraka went on stage yep. to accept, uh, that some people that didn't award. like it they, they thought it was cruel um i think to is one of the most generous of spirit people because obviously she knew about it and and what was amazing was to see the reaction when we announced that she had won yeah um and i think it knocked her it knocked her a bit off balance because she didn't realize that was going to happen oh she, that wasn't actually planned she well no it was all planned oh, yes, but, but, but the audience reaction yes, the level yes, of love yes, she and got how happy they were absolutely for her. Yeah. so so i mean i i think that was a hell of a thing to withstand for a joke yeah but the other thing is that it's the it's so we try to put as many different kinds of comedy in the show as possible. And that particular is like that really awkward kind of human, you know, like it's a very awkward kind of comedy. And it's yeah. not for the faint of heart. So she handled it like an absolute pro. Um, I think she got a big reward finding out how much the industry really loves her. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was, it was interesting. That gag with Nina Hasty yes. made me cringe at every second because I know – I know her parents and her mom right. and dad were in the audience. They were indeed. And Nina was incredible and she, she absolutely good. owned it and everyone else was, 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 was great. Um, yeah. I, I love Masha Bella and he's fantastic. Um, he's just, oh, he's just absolutely awesome. Um, but Nina, I could just see, <laughs> I mean, have you ever had those moments where you've had to perform in front of your, your, your family members and, <laughs> and no, they're like, you label. see, I did, I knew it from a young age that you were crazy, John, that you, you really, we should have disowned you a long time we should, ago. We should have known. Her mom was quite angry. She wanted to hit someone at the at the show. Um, I tried uh, to squeeze her with a big hug. And that did, did didn't it help? Work, no. no. Well, you know, I think Nina's a uh, Nina's got a, a unique combination. She's an incredible fighter. She she she'll, she's got a lot of stamina and capacity, but she's also very very funny. For those who weren't there, the the, the gag I'm referring to is is the fact that uh, there's this <laughs> there's this. Uh, Underlying, well, it's not even underlying. Everyone in the, in the local comedy industry tends to, uh, tends to already know or say, I don't know how to really phrase this, that, yes. that Nina Hasty, um, uh, loves her chocolate. Right. And, um, she loves a lot of it. And, um, a, and, and, and she's been through her, her fair, her fair share, share of chocolate. Of right. But, you know, it was her just being a sport and making that and just going along with it yeah. and not going against it and just making it a really funny gag in the end. In fact, yeah. she said, she said, I actually love my men, uh, like I love my, uh, my whole nut chocolate or Rich, something. Dark Rich, and full dark of nuts. and full of nuts or something. Yes, yes exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and when I heard that, I was just looking around for her mom to see. Uh, but, uh, no, that, that, that was pretty awesome. I think Mashabela uh, was definitely one of my favorite winners, winners of the day. Smokey. 
upcoming yes. young comedian. Smokey Nyembe. We worked he, with him on the oh. Vernacular Spectacular, and he's such a nice guy. So we, we just knew we, – we don't know how people are going to fit into the show. We, we just go and go, look, we've seen you. We think you're amazing. We'd like you to f- we'll figure out a way to put you in the comedy show. So, so that's how that sketch came together. That's how it all kind of comes together. So Smokey was originally going to do something else in the yeah. show. And then eventually I just said, man, like your stand-up is so good. Just do stand-up. Like let's have you as a guest stand-up. And, yeah. and he did. And I mean, you know, he's Smokey. He's great. The next guy I want to speak about is uh, a man I have all the respect for in the world. Wow. Um, he's always he, saved some. He <laughs> Don't give it all away. Well, I mean, when I tell you it is, I think you'll understand. Joe Mafella, um plays Joe's a amazing. massive, um, played a massive part in my, in my childhood. Yes. Um, but I, I want to speak about how us as, as South Africans and as Africans don't just own our stuff and set the new bar. I'm sort of tired of people being the new this person or he's yes. like our version of this person. I read a comment I wanted to, I saw a post where someone was praising Joe Mafella, which he, he deserves. And then the caption was, I love this guy. He's like the South African version of Robin Williams. He's not. No, he's not. He's, he's not like, at all. He's Joe Mafella. Yeah, no, and he's Robin not. Williams is Robin Williams. In fact, Joe Mafella is probably the most unique South African comedy figure we have. Yeah. Because he almost developed in a kind of isolation. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, he's not our anything. Yeah. He's a guy and, uh, you know, um, he's a, he's got an incredible, it's a, it's kind of a mixed, because of the circumstance, got like a mixed like, singing, you know, comedy, just general all round entertainment, um, icon and, and, um, a pure, a pure like product of a very strange, Set of circumstances, mm. but what I've also realized is that all our comedians are actually different, and you don't want to be getting compared every single time to another comedian elsewhere. Yeah, and we have a comedian, of course, he won the comic of the who's who's doing well overseas. But now I sort of feel for you guys because it must get bloody annoying, um, getting asked about him in every single interview or getting compared to him or saying, you know, how 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 yeah. how, how what did you do differently and what what makes him different and how has he gone there and, and does that mean our comedians will up their standard? No, we've always had a great standard. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Oh, Trevor's on Trevor's on TV saying that um. um um, there wasn't really stand-up comedy in this country before, um, and oh. but that's okay because I'm on on film saying that Trevor's not really a comic. Yeah. So you know, because I actually wanted to speak about that tension. You could feel that tension in the room, and I don't think the audience understood it. The comedians absolutely <laughs> were on the floor laughing. I was sitting in the I mean, in the the, the 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 audience was split up into two halves. The comedians had about the first five, yes, or that's right, four or five rows, yeah. and then everyone else was at the back and. You know, Isande would announce, um, his name was a big roar. And then, uh, and then there'd be the announcement when the devil came on to accept his award. Um, uh, Max, not even gonna go into that. That was, that, that was quite funny. But the, a lot of the audience was like, oh my gosh, this is, ooh, geez, I, th- this I think it was difficult because this year was almost like the send off. Yes. Um, you know, for Trevor. So, so like, you know, the chances of him coming back here to work, I mean, realistically are, are not. Huge. Yeah. I mean, we don't know, but for the immediate future, anyway. Unaffordable. So, unaffordable. So the thing is um, that the way comics tend to honor each other is by being rude about yes. each other. That's it's the oldest thing in the book, yeah. right? What we don't want the comedy awards to become is like a big circle jerk. We all get together and like you know pat each other on the back and talk about how amazing everyone. Like, like yeah. it's awful. So so I think we had we we had that issue this year. And the other thing is we don't. We don't di- dictate to the people in the show what they talk about. So there just happened to be a lot of Trevor stuff. And the truth is he's pulled off the biggest comedy event in South African history. Yeah. So, so yes, it's going to have an impact. It's going to be, it's going to be around for a while. So I think we all just have to understand that he's done something monumental yeah. and it has a big impact and that will echo for some time. 
it's just the way it is, and it's it's good for all of us. So if there's a bit of PR, well then that's that's a bit of PR. John, we have a new guest that has just joined us in in, <laughs> in studio. I didn't realize you want to see other people. <laughs> um, <laughs> remember where I said we we're going to speak about some fragrances and um, smelling good right. and how it all works. And right. this is this is the expert behind it all. So you smell, man. Um, I smell. For a living, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do. This is a good friend of mine. I call him Omi. Uh, so can you introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, apologies for being late, by the no way. No problem at all. Uh, my name's Omi, as uh, he's just said. <laughs> uh, I actually work for a fragrance company, and what we do is we source the raw materials, right. and we develop some of the raw materials that go into your favorite fragrances. If you develop the material, how is it raw? It's raw because... Uh, of the different extraction methods Wow uh, There are a couple of unique extraction methods Only peculiar to perfumery To the world of perfumery Wow uh, And uh, that's how we derive them So it's a combination of naturals and synthetics Wow So I brought him in to, to, to sort of speak to you about this as well um, are, you you, know, are you trying to tell me that I smell? What, yeah, what is going I mean, on here? A lot of people, <laughs> you know, when they see you They just imagine that you, that you smell So yeah, what, is your, what is your grooming regime? And right. uh, how much does it matter to you to even smell? Well, good? obviously I wake up and I eat three puppies And then, <laughs> wow. um, yeah, yeah, yeah um, No, I like Arabian, um, Arabian So you um, like the oud stuff Ouds and stuff, yeah, mm. but not everyone's using oud It's like, it's a bit like Big trend come on. Yeah, yeah, it's not started cool. seeing that Early There's some men listening to the show too. I mean, you don't have to sound that sexy. You, wearing, you're going very yeah, deep and smooth. I'm not going with the sexy sound. Like you, um, can, you can just talk, Didn't man. mean to do that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a natural voice. perfume sound. Um, <laughs> no, but before it became a big trend here, like, people used to say, like, what do you, what do you wear? Like, I used to buy my perfume in, in, um, in uh, Dubai. And then, mm. um, and then come back, everyone go, what do you, what, what, what do you, what do you smell like? And then, now yeah, everyone's wearing like oud, so it's like no good. Like, they're surprised that you smell good? Yeah, absolutely. Especially ones I get real close to. <laughs> <laughs> so I can tase them. Um, um, yeah, but um, that's good. And Any, anyone, in, in, anyone in particular, John? Any brand in Any particular? Any brand in particular. They might have worked on it. Um, no, I, uh, um, let me think. Uh, yes, uh, the, I've, got, I've got that Bulgari now, the black one. That's quite nice. Very nice, very nice. It's called black, is it? Men in black, yeah. Men in, you see, that's my thing. <laughs> that's my thing. Omi, tell us about how fragrances work. And it may sound like a silly question, but the fragrance world, there's men's fragrances, females' fragrances. Mm. Um, how do you, how do you even distinguish what, what are the distinguishable smells about them? When do they become unisex? Um, or Ooh. as, um, <laughs> or as John said, earlier when did they become cj we'll just we'll just call it cj absolutely okay. yeah um and later about that <laughs> we can tell you later about that and how do you come up with all those notes and the levels and come up with a smell in the end because there's just so many different fragrances out there how do they not all end up sort of smelling the same and be replicated you know the best way to answer that question because it's so loaded is to uh, put it to you in the form of an analogy think about perfumers as composers uh, their particular notes or their particular creations are with their raw materials. And what they do is they compose fragrances to make sure that each note, each variable, uh, has a, has a, has a, has a function and has an overall impact. So what they'll do is we'll probably get a brief from one of the big brands, uh, and get our perfumers to work on it. They'll then, Think about who they're targeting, uh, whether it's unisex, whether it's masculine, whether it's feminine. And then they will draw inspiration from their very, very, very many years of, of, of creation uh, to come up with something that uniquely 
captures what the brand is looking for. So for John's example, they were looking for something that was bold, something that was distinctly masculine. Uh, so they've used quite quite a number of notes. So your tonkas, your woody cedar notes, your, I guess, bergamot notes as well. Um, but again, think of it as a composition. So you'll have different notes playing at different times. Uh, you'll experience more than others. Um, so that's why with a lot of masculine fragrances, it's often the woody notes that come to the fore. Uh, and with uh, female fragrances, it's a lot more of the floral notes that come to the fore. John, on those woody notes, would would you have any aspiration to start your own fragrance line? You know, uh, maybe something woody that reminds me of your favorite gig, uh, like I've, maybe smelling like the Royal Albert Hall. If you I've could, got, I've got that. wood right now. Just listening to that whole speech, <laughs> actually, I'm pretty woody right now. Um, um, yes, imagine imagine the smell of a good gig. That would be great. If you could, if you could like okay. distill the smell of a good gig. That'd be like you could smell success. That would yeah. be amazing. The smell of success. The that smell of would success. Be you can call it Noah, and <laughs> and um, and it would make women lose their minds immediately. Okay, so that would be your key ingredient. Absolutely, we'd have to. We'd have to. I've That's seen the movie. Very um, interesting. Perfect. Yes. And we could boil Trevor Noah and render him, and then we could put him in small little bottles of oil. That that process you saw in perfume. Yes. Is called enfleurage. 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 Wow. What they do is they would take the petals of different flowers, put yep. them on a bit of wax, okay. and those petals would release their essence, imbibing it into the wax, and they'd wash that wax with solvent to get your finished essence. Wow. So that's the thing. The that's leaf, the thing. Get, the wax sucks it out of the that's leaf. That's the thing. You suck it out of the wax. Yeah. There you are. There you are. But so how it, do you, it's an ancient method. So. How do you decide right. what um, someone should smell like? Or how do you tell them um, what would work for them? Because I've, I've, I've seen or I've had a conversation with, with you before where yeah. you've spoken to someone and you've said, oh, well, what do you like? And then they've told you what they like. And you, he's just said, well, this is the smell for you. It, right. And it's, mm. um, <laughs> you know, this, this is something I think you would like. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is is kind of based around what that person Shows you by by telling by telling you what they they wear, and mm. uh, the thing about fragrance is that it's very much a personal choice. So whatever recommendation I may make to you or to whoever else in our circle is based purely on what I think would be appropriate uh, given their preferences. But what so, if I'm doing it all wrong? What if I've just been wearing Elizabeth Arden Untold for Women the whole time? My, like, I would and, say and you're and brave. I'm just like, I'm just I'd a say you're very, <laughs> very brave. You have, you have courage, you are extremely brave. Uh, and it's about what you can pull off. So well done if you do. <laughs> wow. Uh, well pulled off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, overall, really, Mops, the, the, the thing beh- behind fragrance, and this is something that, that uh, a perfumer told me, is if it, if it makes you happy, if it makes you smile, then it's probably the right direction to go into. Okay. Which is yeah. like sex, really. I mean, don't judge yourself. Do whatever makes you happy. Yeah. <laughs> Knock yourself out if go. that's what you want. You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what go. I know. Why did you go into this direction? Why is it interesting? Why does it excite you? And why should we care? Totally fell into this. Totally fell into Seriously. this. Seriously. Uh, Unemployable. You thought, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? Wow. Well, this smells good. I'll do that. I think yeah. yeah. Last no, things. But, but it, in all honesty, John, I was unemployed at the time. Really? Uh, went back to school. And then uh, at the previous company I was, the MD came through, told us about this industry that I never knew existed. And yeah, I just found myself in it, been in it for the last four and a half years. Wow. And yeah. how, how long do you have to just like smell study for? <laughs> how does that uh, work? It's, it's continuous. You're, you were always evaluating products, whether it's uh, your finished household products or your fine fragrance products. 
and that's how you retain the olfactive memory. Right, uh, by keeping it up By keeping refreshed. it up to date, by sort of smelling what different perfumers are doing and how they're playing around dif- with different things. Can you burn out your nose? Like, is it possible <laughs> to like... Can you start to suffer like perfumers fatigue? Do you take Actually, coffee beans with you everywhere? I wish. No, <laughs> I wish I should. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, you, to answer your question, John, yes, you can suffer fatigue. That's what we call, um, the word escapes me now, but you're, you're, you're literally the flu. The, the, no, flu. Oh, okay. <laughs> but literally the, 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 the sensitive part of your nose gets filled and it, it can't necessarily distinguish the different notes anymore after okay. some time. That's why that's why they do have coffee beans in, yeah. in in the stores to give you your nose something different, different thing to clear it out, and then you can continue smelling. But uh, wow, that's 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 kind of the perks of of being in the business is that you get to try all these different things all the time. Omi, I imagine cocaine is out for you. Totally right. Just checking. <laughs> totally. I mean, just very quickly. Yeah. Um, if we want to start a fragrance, if John wants to wants to start ah. his own fragrance, because Uh-oh. celebrity fragrances across the world are starting to fade out, um, but locally yeah. uh, we have a new fragrance now from from Tibor Touch called Touch Femme. True. Um, wow. And then you have uh, David Lalis fragrance as well, mm-hmm. and I think a couple others are coming through. If John wanted to start his own fragrance, and I uh, don't know what you would call it, probably Tony Kunderman. Um, um, I think hatred. Hatred. <laughs> hatred. By John. Actually, actually, be a pretty. <laughs> that'd be a pretty. Catchy, sprayed on all over. A, there's a guy, <laughs> John. There's a guy in New York who does some very niche stuff. He'd probably take. Well, thanks you up for on that. Yeah, just boxing me off to New York. <laughs> thanks for that. Thanks what for would help. be the process? But very quickly. The process, very quickly. Uh, John or whomever else is is interested in uh, creating their own fragrance uh, would come see us um, and. Basically, give us an idea of what he's trying to create and what he what he needs us to capture. Um, it, it's as simple as that uh, in terms of the initial contact. But what's important to remember is that when you're investing in something like uh, a celebrity fragrance, uh, you really do need to have your ducks in a row. So if you if you nice. have some some spare change lying around, uh, bring that with. But also bring through a marketing plan. A business plan because what we provide is the essence. Yes, uh, we create the essence, but in terms of actually carrying it forward, yeah, uh, that's going to come a lot from from the person. So you just charge money and then you give a little smell of what you think will work. <laughs> in its in More the simplest less. terms, More in the simplest okay. terms. And then what? I don't do want to get too complex. Do you manufacture or do you provide the, like the kind of formula? We we have internal perfumers, so okay. our perfumers will write the formula. It's part of our IP. Uh, and then in terms of actually sourcing the raw materials, we do that. So we'd source the raw materials uh, and manufacture and oh, then yeah. so you sell all. that to, 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 the, to the branded house. Yeah. Wow. So, so I'm still that. big on this Noah idea. If we can get hold of <laughs> how, much, how much of the body do you need? You don't have to kill the whole guy. I mean, he's like a nice guy, but like, we you need like a limb, or how do we? What, how do we unflourage a comedian? <laughs> very <laughs> difficult one to answer. Really, if we genetically cloned him, would he be? Would he smell as funny if that clone hasn't done all the gigs? Probably not. You need the real. Essence. No, but I can wow. see the packaging would be a, probably a big. Because <laughs> I'm just wondering, like stem cells at a comedy club, and then come on, listen, Ooh. listen, and then Ooh. you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> don't, don't know about that. Listen, man, I'm a visionary. Don't, don't. I mean, no, this no. could be the beginning of something really big for you. You know what I mean? You won't have to worry yeah, about I'll, household I'll, goods anymore. I'll tell you what, John. <laughs> there's there's research being done into into pheromones. So maybe wow, get. 
But basically, no, that would make that. like losers score, right? So, do we want that? I mean, do you, I mean, you know, you got to be careful now because that's going to give I'm, ugly I'm, people I'm, are going to score. I was just looking at you. I was thinking, how about? Don't worry, buddy. I have, I, I've, I've probably slept with more women than <laughs> most good-looking people. You'd be surprised. <laughs> now that all you need it, is a right? woman with a little chink in her self-esteem. Boom, and you're in. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know there's a lot of feminists probably freaking out right now, but it's the truth. <laughs> yeah, we'll stop my co-host there, uh, John yeah. Christmas. <laughs> Guys, just to wrap up because we're running out of time very quickly. Right. Um, how do you think this generation is going to be remembered? I was having this conversation uh, just yesterday, and people were speaking about uh, you know it's going to be the generation of uh, terrorist attacks or the overnight uh, celebrity or uh, social. Needless social media or the the generation of convenience. So there's all sorts of possible things. How do you think we will be remembered? What are some of your... Well, I'd like to think that the society is remembered as the one who went to CompuTicket and booked for mass hysteria either tonight, Friday, either of the shows on Saturday or maybe even Sunday. Yeah, that's that was actually where we ended our that's conversation. Just my um, that was that, that was the... <laughs> that's where I'd like to think of our society as being... <laughs> very committed. Very committed to the cause. Thank you. Yeah. It's a good question. I don't know. What no, I, you? no, I think I think we'll be remembered uh, as as the generation that used uh, media to its fullest extent. Uh, you know, there isn't anything that that escapes us these days because it's all there. It's live. It's real time. So, from it's when you very st- much. Sorry, do you want to? No, no, no. Go for it. Okay. No, no. So it's very much uh, kind of using the tools that you have. To your advantage, but I think will be those. On that social that media point, though, from when you started to now, what has that changed um, your your performance like or your interaction with your fans like? Totally, like I mean, it's a whole different thing. So marketing isn't up to the marketers anymore. Yeah, you know, we all do. Yeah. We all talk to people directly yeah. all the time. So I mean, I think it's a it's a time when you know shooting, editing, uh, graphics, um, putting out publicity, um, self publishing. It's become open to far more people, yeah. and comedy's become more available to everyone in South Africa as opposed to white dudes in bars watching white dudes on stage. Yeah. So there's an explosion of taste and and you know size and capability and interesting and depth and flavors and so I mean I think those things it's like the perfect storm. You know, it's 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 this explosion of sort of uh, aliveness, and then you've got this access to information, and you can share it. And how active are you on on, on social media? Um, and do you, well, do you find you under Ashley pressure Madison, too? Um, <laughs> no, I am. Um, I, <laughs> I'm pretty active, but not as active as I could be. I'm not yeah. big on Facebook. I'm more big on Twitter, and I barely go to Instagram. My daughter constantly reminds me that I'm useless on Instagram. How people? How can people get in touch with you? And what do you want to punt? Not that you've punted anything. Uh, mass hysteria uh, <laughs> at the Teatro uh, this weekend uh, tonight until Sunday. Um, my hashtag, uh, my, my uh, Twitter handle is at forty short because my name was taken. Okay. So uh, that's really it. People say I've got a business card. No, I don't carry bits of paper with writing on. Why? Why is it at forty short? Did you join it two years ago? No, when long ago when I was uh, presenting a TV show with um, Gorbani Bobo. Oh, okay. And I can't even say that properly. Um, he was he had a rapper name which I'm, I think was Golden <laughs> Delicious but anyway um, and then we I, I, we had to get suits for the show and yeah. I was quite fat then so I was a 40 short, short. Okay. and, and that, he said that's quite a cool name so when I couldn't get my Twitter name I got I took that and Omi how can people get in touch with you? Uh, I'm only on Facebook I yeah. am terrible at social media so they can just look me up by my real name <laughs> yes. 
I'm about to give out my government right now. That's Marumo Tsani. That's M-A-R-U-M-O, second word, T-S-H-E-S-A-N-E. Guys, thank you very much for joining me on clipcentral.com. It's been uh, awesome having you guys Thanks as guests, John. Man. Thank you very much, Marumo, Omi. Um, it was quite an interesting chat, and uh, hope hopefully we'll do this again, guys. Such a good combination. I love this. Weird <laughs> comedy and, 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 and odors. It's amazing. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Fragrance. What do you call it? I don't Cheers, know. guys. Thanks for listening. Cliff Central cameos on cliffcentral.com. <laughs>